What is truth? Can it be known? On today's episode of Kingdom Currents, I will be addressing the topic of truth and why it is so important. Welcome to Kingdom Currents. My name is Glenn Schultz. I'm your host, and today we're going to talk about truth. There have always been people who doubted truth. In the past, these doubts have centered on certain truth claims of Christianity. How could a virgin actually give birth to a child? Did Jesus actually die? And if so, did the resurrection really take place? Today, the attack on truth has taken a major turn. People aren't just questioning various truth claims of Christianity. The battle today is over whether or not truth even exists at all. Here are some of the questions being asked in today's culture. What is truth? Is there such a thing as universal truth? Is there something outside of my opinion? Is there something outside of merely what I think or feel? Is truth just relative? Are there really moral absolutes that apply to all people in all places for all the time? Do people get to define truth, or has it been defined by God? Does truth vary from person to person, or is there an ultimate truth that we can build our lives on? These are questions that Everyone is asking, and everyone must answer, if life is going to make any sense. In 2016, the Oxford Dictionary named post-truth their word of the year. Now, this new word, post-truth, is defined as relating to or denoting circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion or personal belief. Now contrast that definition, where what's going to influence uh, you know, life is feelings and emotions and what individuals believe versus objective facts, to what Jesus said in John 14, 6. He stated, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The late Dr. Adrian Rogers explained this verse this way. Jesus said he is the way, which implies that men are lost and need a way. Jesus said he is the truth, which implies that men are in error and need light. Jesus said he is the life, which implies that men are dead and need a new birth. Here Jesus declares that he is truth. Now, now when Jesus was standing before Pontius Pilate on trial, Pilate asked him if he really was a king. And in John 18.37, we find Jesus' response. Jesus said, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. The Living Bible translates this verse in this way. Yes, I was born for that purpose, to be king. And I came to bring truth to the world, and all who love the truth are my followers. Of course, Pontius Pilate, when hearing that, scoffed and said to Jesus, What is truth? 
Here Jesus tells us that there is truth. There is absolute truth. And absolute truth comes from outside this world. And it was Jesus Christ who actually came to bring that truth into this world. And therefore, that truth gives meaning to the world. Jesus is the truth. There is truth outside of my own mind. And that means that I don't create it, but discover it. There is truth outside of myself, which means I don't control truth. I need to submit to it. Today, it is not popular to believe that there is absolute truth. When, when a person claims that truth is universal and absolute, he's often labeled a bigot or an oppressor. Uh, they will claim that if there is absolute truth, what you're really doing, you're being intolerant and prejudicial against what others think. But the reality is truth is absolute. It is objective. It is true for all people, for all places, and for all times. And it is true whether one believes it or not. Now, Webster defines truth as that which corresponds to reality. We are being bombarded by statements about truth that indicate that absolute does not exist. But the reality is these type of statements are things that don't correspond to reality. Statements such as, well, you must live your truth. Or, you have your truth and I have mine. Or, it might be true for you, but not for me. When you think about this whole idea of your truth, quote unquote, <laughs> others are giving some advice that is, is really uh, dangerous. Listen, listen to these words that different people say we should be doing with our truth. Live your truth and be what you want to be. Uh, Steve Maraboli says, live your truth, express your love, share your enthusiasm, take action towards your dreams, walk your talk, dance and sing to your music, embrace your blessings, make today worth remembering. Uh, another person says some people are living the illusions of others instead of living the truth of themselves. Vestosky uh, says, find your truth and then live it. An anonymous uh, person says, success is nothing more than living your life according to your own truth and your own terms. Emma Kate says, tune into your truth, live it, breathe it, beam it. <laughs> Another person says, you know the truth by the way it feels. Truth is an emotion. Another person wrote, uh, be your true self and speak your truth, even if it means you are the only one doing it. Ram Das says, listen to your own truth. An anonymous writer says, strength comes from living your truth. To be true and authentic is your path to happiness, peace, and joy. Oprah Winfrey uh, said, What I know for sure is that you feel real joy in direct portion to how connected you are to living your truth. Alan Cohen advises, You don't need to get anyone else to agree with your truth. You just need to live it. Alex Ellie says, Live in your purpose. Follow your light. Live in your truth. 
Another person says, amazingly unbelievable, good things happen when you follow your gut, your truth, your passion, your heart. An anonymous writer says, speak and follow your truth and your potential will expand. Joseph Creale says, if you're not living your truth, you're living a lie. Now, now there are a couple big problems with these type of statements and this idea of denying the concept of absolute truth and that each person has their own truth. First of all, it's irrational. It ends up not making sense. And number two, it's unlivable. There are some truths that everyone knows exist, even though those same people deny that there's absolute truth that exists. For example, gravity. People can say, well, there's no absolute truth, but gravity disproves that. It's unlivable to go and live as if gravity is not absolute. You don't want to uh, walk off a roof of a building thinking that, well, gravity is relative because you're going to fall and probably get injured or die. See, denying the existence of absolute truth is also irrational. It's self-contradictory. Uh, Brett Kunkel of Maven Ministry gives us a, a couple of examples. Listen to these uh, statements. All English sentences are false. Now, now think about that. <laughs> doesn't make sense. Uh, no sentences are longer than six words. Well, if you count the words in that sentence, there's seven. All bachelors love their wives. My brother is an only child. Now, now, all of us would quickly agree that these statements just don't make sense. They can't be true. But what about these statements? You shouldn't tell people they are wrong. Well, if you believe that statement, you just told people that they are wrong to tell other people that they're wrong. I don't believe anything unless it can be proven scientifically. Uh, Kunkel says, well, how do you prove that statement to be true scientifically? There is no truth, which means your statement isn't true. All truth is relative, which again means, well, that statement is relative. Uh, truth is unknowable, so we can't even know that sentence. Nobody has the truth, which you're saying you don't have it. All truth is just a social construct. Well, does society construct that statement? and it's only a social construct? See, two things that conflict with each other can't both be true. We've got to understand either there is a God or there isn't. Either the world was created by God or it wasn't. It just evolved naturally. Either life begins at conception or it doesn't. Either God created all mankind in his image, and we're all members of one race, the human race, and therefore we have all equal value and worth as image bearers of God, or man has evolved from lower life forms at different times, at different ways, and therefore there are many races and not everyone is equal in value and worth. See, everyone can't be right. It's either got to be one or the other, and that's not being restrictive or, or prejudicial or bigoted. It's just basic fact. 
What is really happening when a person or a society claims that there is no such thing as absolute truth? In reality, what they are saying is God doesn't exist. They are denying the existence of God. And why? Because for there to be absolute truth, there must be an absolute truth giver, someone that is outside of all other people, all other times, all other cultures who are giving absolute truth. And when they deny the existence of God and the and the uh, existence of absolute truth and say, well, it's all up to my truth, they're really setting themselves up as a little God themselves. See, if I am God, then what I think is what really matters. What I believe is what must be true and what I feel is real. Now, now this is the lie that Satan used to tempt Adam and Eve back in the garden. Remember, he, he told Eve when you eat of the forbidden fruit, you're going to be like God and you will know good and evil. You'll know truth. And, and this is what we've got to understand. We can't set ourselves up as little gods by claiming our truth is what's real and denying the existence of God and absolute truth that he determines. Francis Schaeffer pointed out, if there is no absolute beyond man's ideas, then there is no final appeal to judge between individuals and groups whom moral judgments conflict. We are merely left with conflicting opinions. See, I don't have my truth. I don't have any truth. I only have my opinion. And you only have your opinion. And opinions aren't truth. Now, this condition where people think they have their own truth <laughs> isn't new. In fact, we find it in the book of Judges. We find these words written uh, in chapter 17, verse 6. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. W when there wasn't a supreme power that could dictate what was right and what was wrong, what was truth. Every individual ended up defining right and wrong on their own thinking, their own beliefs, their own feelings. And of course, the result, they were persecuted and life became unbearable. The, the loss of truth today has led to three catastrophic losses. These were mentioned in a recent uh, talk that uh, John Overstreet gave. And he said, when you lose truth, a bigger loss is, is the loss of identity. Because what it means to be human, according to Stone Street, is based on a fixed reference point, and that reference point has to be God. God has to define what a human being is. And if there's no absolute truth, you lose identity, what it really means to be human. The second loss that's been catastrophic, according to Stone Street, is the loss of love. When there is no absolute truth, there is no absolute standard by which we behave towards other people and love others. And in reality, we've become a very unforgiving society, a very bigoted, uh, prejudicial, intolerant society, very unloving.
And then there's the loss of meaning. See, if there's no absolute truth, there can be no ultimate purpose for why I exist here on earth. I, do, I cannot have an ultimate purpose for my life. Now, God knew these uh, conditions would take place when man no longer would believe in God's existence and would therefore reject truth. And when that happens, he predicted through the prophet Amos that a famine would take place uh, in the world. Listen to these words. The time is surely coming, says the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, but not a famine of bread and water, but of hearing the words of the Lord, which is really meaning hearing truth. Men will wander everywhere from sea to sea, seeking the word of the Lord, searching and running here and going there, but will not find it. See, we all want to know truth. We want to have the security of knowing that we're living something that's real. But when you deny God's existence and you go and you uh, therefore deny absolute truth, God's going to give a famine where there won't be truth in the land. You won't hear the words of the Lord. You won't understand what real truth is. And you can search all over, but you won't find it. Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8 He says this, For there is going to come a time when people won't listen to the truth, but will go around looking for teachers who will tell them just what they want to hear. They'll go around trying to find people who say, Hey, your feelings are real. Your truth, your your beliefs, uh, what you think, that's what matters. And that's exactly what's happening today. See, absolute truth requires the existence of an absolute person who transcends all other people. That person is God. There must be someone who determines truth and error. When that person, God, isn't listened to, chaos has to result. Let me give you an example of music. If one instrument is out of tune, it can ruin a song. If everyone tunes his instrument to what he believes is the true pitch, it ends up resulting in noise. If you've ever gone to a symphonic orchestra's performance, you'll find something always takes place before the actual uh, performance. Uh, a, A person referred to as the concert master will be introduced. This person is usually the first chair violinist. The concert master, uh, his role, he comes up and stands before uh, the orchestra and he leads the orchestra in its fine tuning that will take place prior to the concert. Now, the concert master does not use any instrument to tune the other instruments to. Uh, he, He chooses an oboe and the oboe doesn't play any note the oboe has to play a particular note, a true note, and that is the note A. And then all other musicians tune their instruments to that note. Now, now why is an oboe used? Well, it's said that the penetrating sound of the oboe stands out from the orchestra, so it's easy for all the musicians to hear. 
its pitch is also steadier than that of the strings or other instruments, so it's a more reliable tuning source. When each of the sections is tuned to the oboe, the concertmaster then takes his seat. Once that happens, then the conductor is introduced. Now the role of a conductor is to take all these individual instruments that have now been tuned to a particular absolute tone and then put them together to perform a musical piece. And you get a musical, when, when all the in, uh, instruments and every musician has his instrument tuned to that true standard, the result is beautiful music. It's something that is pleasant to listen to. If we turn that another way, if everybody in the band or the orchestra tunes his or her instrument to what they believe to be true, uh, they determine what pitch their instrument is going to be tuned to, you won't get beautiful music like you would at a symphony orchestra. Uh, you'll get noise like happened on one of the episodes of the Andy Griffin Show when the Mayberry Marching Band uh, performed for Mayor Stoner. It was absolute uh, disarray and, and a disjointed and totally bad sound. Everybody ready? Now, as Christians, we must tune our lives to absolute truth. To do so, we don't use each other's feelings or opinions to tune our lives to. We must use one specific instrument as our tuning fork, and that is God's Word, the Bible. In some ways, we as adults uh, should be serving as a concertmaster. We are to take our children and our youth and lead them to fine-tune their lives to the absolute truth found in God's Word. And when they become mature disciples of Jesus Christ, tuned to absolute truth, then the conductor, God, can use them as the body of Christ to expand his kingdom rule in the world. We can also take this uh, false idea of your truth as being real, uh, and apply it to the kitchen and baking. Let, let's say that you want to bake some chocolate chip cookies. So you pull out a recipe 
for, for really good chocolate chip cookies, and the recipe calls for a half, half teaspoon of salt. Now, now, what would happen if, if every baker determined what made up a half teaspoon? One would maybe take what is actually a half teaspoon a measure, but another one may take a tablespoon and say, no, this is a half teaspoon. Or one may take a, a soup ladle and say, no, this is half a teaspoon. Well, if there is no absolute standard of measure, a recipe is going to be horrible. The result is going to be disaster. You can't have different standards of measure. There must be some type of absolute standard. And so it is with truth. So, so here is reality that we've got to understand. Number one, there is a God. There is only one God. Number two, he is truth. Number three, we as individuals, we have five possible options that we will do related to those first two statements that there is the true God and he is truth. Romans 1.18 says that, well, we could choose to just suppress it, truth, the truth. We could keep it pushed down and not effective in our lives. Acts 20.30 says we could become like some men and distort the truth, twist its meaning for our own purposes. Or we could just be like Romans 2.8 describes as people who simply reject truth completely. Or another option is Romans 1.25 says we can take the truth and we can exchange it for a lie. That's our choice. The fifth one is the only one that is going to bring meaning to life. And that is we embrace the truth. Now here's the fourth reality. Whatever you choose to do with truth, whether you suppress it or distort it or reject it or exchange it for a lie or embrace it, there's one thing you cannot do with truth. You cannot destroy truth because truth is eternal because God is eternal. Truth is conformity to reality. And we've got to understand that. There is only one truth, God's truth, that conforms to reality. Now, people also have defined insanity as losing touch with reality. Now, now if truth and reality go together, that means that a person is insane when they lose touch with truth by believing lies. If we do not embrace truth, we are actually living an insane life. Now, there is only one way to know truth. We must know God and then we must know his word. Recently, I gave a challenge to students at a high school chapel, and I think we as adults need to heed this challenge as well. I asked the students, how many of you have read your Bible outside of Bible class assignment every day this week? Not too many had raised their hand. I also asked, well, how many of you have read your Bible outside of Bible class assignment even once this past week? And again, it was just a few people. And then I asked them, well, how many of you have spent at least an hour on social media every day this week? And with very few exceptions, every hand went up. And what was 
telling was that they were spending time on social media just listening to human opinion and not in God's word. And then I shared with them that if you don't read God's word regularly, you can never know truth. And you may think you know truth, and you may desire to know truth, but you can't learn truth and know truth without being in God's Word. So I gave them this challenge. I said, I challenge you to turn off your phone for a mere 15 minutes every day for three weeks and read your Bible during that time. That's all I asked them to do. I suggested maybe they could begin reading the Gospel of John. And if they finish the Gospel of John, take go into the Proverbs and read just one proverb each day. And, and you know, I, I wanted them to understand that if they don't get into God's Word, they can never know truth. And it's the same for us. And we, as concert masters who are educating this future generation, must make sure that our lives are tuned to the true, absolute truth of God's Word. I, I want to thank you for tuning in to Kingdom Currents. For more information about Kingdom Education, you can visit my website, kingdomeducationministries.com. Until next time, Let's know the truth, and then let's walk in the freedom that truth promises to give us. Have a blessed day. I'm Holly Barnes, and I work at Northwest Christian School as the Director of Marketing. I want to tell you about Frameworks. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, or homeschool. Frameworks has developed these courses using subject matter experts and curriculum from Summit Ministries, Young Life, Likewise Worship, and many others. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com. Thank <laughs> you.